Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is February 16th, 2024, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm joined today by a very special guest, consultant to the stars, Jeffrey Rosinski. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you on this wonderful Friday? Yeah, Friday indeed. Nice to be with you, Mike. Yes, yes. A lot happened this week. Uh, I thought today we would cover... (laughs) Yes, all you cocoa buyers, listen up. We're going to talk about cocoa today, but I I think we should promote some stuff first, right, Jeffrey? Yeah, I mean, before we go there, uh, we got some numbers out first thing this morning, fresh off the press, the PPI numbers or the producer pricing index. And I know we have a very exciting upcoming webinar on that very subject, so I don't want to talk too much at length, but I'll just give everyone sort of the headline numbers because we had CPI that came out earlier this week, a little hotter than expected at 3.1%. Mm-hmm. And the PPI numbers came out this morning also sort of indicating that inflation is a little bit more pervasive than people mm-hmm. were originally thinking. We, we came in for the month of January up um, 0.3%. And that keep reminding everybody, we fell actually 0.2% in December. So kind of a a reversal of fortunes, if you will. And it was certainly higher than uh, analysts were expecting because they were thinking a a 0.1% increase. And and the core number was up a a half percent or or 0.5%. So so clearly, they're still fighting the inflationary fight. It's not over. Um, And this may rule out the possibility that the Fed cuts rates. But obviously, we're going to be talking a lot more about that in this upcoming webinar that uh, that Sean will be doing. Absolutely. And that is February 21st at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's so easy to register. You just go to our website at McKinney-Flavelle.com. You can register there. You can also register, Jeffrey, for our Spring Market Seminar. It's the movers and shakers. No dancing unless you want to. Uh, We're going to be talking about the powerful and influential forces driving change and innovation in commodity markets. Voted the best one-day seminar in the commodity business in the world by myself. There you go. You can also (laughs) register at Bikini. I love this. You can register at bikini-flavelle.com. All right, Jeffrey, enough of the promotion because everybody's signing up right now. I am going to say something. (sighs) Coco. You know, it reminds me of something that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start it. I am, uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride. You mentioned that earlier and it really is. I mean, this is one of the, 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 if not the longest standing ride in at Disneyland in, and I feel, I feel like this is like Mr. Toad's wild ride. It's exhausting. Well, <laughs> You know, with that as an intro, Mike, we were we were yeah, talking that's, about that's inflation <laughs> just prior to this, and using that using that as the segue, where yeah. I talked about C, the CPI number being up three point one percent, and the food component as a subcomponent yep. of the total CPI number was up, you know, two point six percent. So pretty much in line with that. But chocolate and confectionery, I would tell you, has been running twice uh, the pace that the CPI number has been. And anyone who's been involved in the cocoa market and trading that market has kind of witnessed these crazy wild, you know, wild prices. Um, but before we go there, you you know, what big holiday it was just this past week, Mike, just a couple, just a couple of days ago. I do. And I, I, I'd like to say something about that. When I purchased the box of chocolate for my wife and my kids, by the way, 
it was a lot more expensive. You you splurged. But, you went you you did two. Yeah, you did two boxes. I did. I did. But I'll tell you this. My counter argument to whatever you're gonna say about chocolate demand is they were worth it, one. And two, yeah, it was more expensive, but I was in a pinch. <laughs> Well, they, they say the three most common gifts on on, Valent- on Valentine's Day would be, of course, flowers. Okay, I did that. Box of chocolate. Yes. Or going out to you know to dinner, going out for a meal. Yeah. Right. Those are the three most common. Now, would it surprise you that NCA National Confectionery Association says that ninety two percent of Americans said they planned on sharing or giving chocolate this Valentine's Day? It's the best gift ever. So, but uh, yeah. I, I guess this Valentine's is a little bit more bittersweet than normal because of the high price of chocolate. And what we also did this last week was we hit an all-time high. So after kind of butting heads up against the ceiling um, that was last set back in 1977, for the first first time in history, the cocoa market actually hit and traded $6,000 per metric ton in the futures market. First time ever that that has happened. That is crazy. Why is this happening, Jeffrey? Why? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about um, you know crop issues with arrivals and the heavy rains we saw last fall leading to a poor pod set. But the numbers that are kind of coming out of origin at this point can only be characterized as being a crop failure that more and more people mm. are starting to talk about. What I find uh, kind of fascinating, Mike, is when you do the math and, and cocoa butter ratios, likewise, have been on a tear and rising rapidly over the last uh, you know, one, one to two months. When you couple that butter ratio with the, the high terminal market of $6,000 per metric ton, you're now getting cocoa butter prices around that $6.50 a pound mark. That's not sustainable, Jeffrey. And when, furthermore, when you say a bulk tanker, so you know a, a truckload yep. or a tanker of just straight old liquid natural cocoa butter, is now trading at or above a quarter of a million dollars for a single truck of liquid cocoa butter. It's, wow. it's really quite quite remarkable. That's crazy. So do you feel crop failure is a very... Strong term. A big word. <laughs> Strong term. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Is this really of that immense concern? Because, you know, you, you have been in the cocoa business a long time and, you know, I've followed it here and there. And, you know, I, I, I often, when I did follow it very closely, saw reports prior to in a crop or during a crop that were pretty dismal in language but uh, in the end we, we made it happen well i guess my only issue with all this is the analysts the forecasters there's always a lot of chatter and talk about the crops and arrivals and what's yeah. going on at origin what i find people oftentimes spend way too little time talking about is the underlying demand situation mm. and you know, that old adage you know there's no you know better cure for high prices than high prices i think we're starting to witness that with some of the sales numbers and yeah. so i wanted to do something a little bit different on today's um, on today's kind of podcast and talk more about kind of what we're seeing in terms of demand and Further to that, we had two publicly held companies, um, both Mondelez and Hershey, that mm-hmm. announced recent earnings that I think are, are you know, worth talking about a little bit more. And while they both beat on the top and the bottom lines in terms of their revenue number and their reported profit numbers, so like starting with Mondelez for the fourth quarter, I think they they reported eighty four cents a share, and their you know their estimate was seven seventy eight cents. So they are beat. There's no denying they're beating on the top and the bottom line in terms of you know the sales as measured in dollars, not in volumes, but in dollars. 
and also in their profit number. Um, but what they did advise that there's, they're definitely starting to see a deceleration or decline in sales volume of, of chocolate and confectionery. And I think that for the fourth quarter, Mondelez sales were from on a unit sales or volume moving through the channel was down 5.5%. Wow. And that's, that's, that's a pretty big deal because normally... Big slowdown. Yeah, because normally, uh, as you've always told me, it doesn't matter whether the economy is up or down, chocolate sales tend to hang in there. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, on, the, on the heels of that, you know, Hershey came forward with their uh, reported um, earnings, and they had, I think, on CNBC CEO Michelle Buck was was speaking, and in 2023 they reported um, sales of, you know, I think, a, a record of 1.2 billion dollars, and their net income also increased. So again, a beat on both the top and the bottom line, where sales were up 12 percent and profits were up 13 percent. Wow! But remember, these these are being measured in dollar terms, not in uh, in, in volume in volume perspective. Uh, but they did um, cite a, a specific stalled or slowdown in sales in the fourth quarter after taking a 6.5 percent price increase. In the in the fourth quarter, and both of these companies are hinting that further price cr- uh, increases are will be coming or are warranted, mm-hmm. based on you know the increased costs that they're facing, not just in the cocoa market but the sugar market as well, where sugar prices have, have nearly doubled over the last three years. I think is what uh, is what the announcement coming from Michelle Buck um, uh, was saying. Well, and you know we're, we're we're close to it, so we know. I mean, when you go from a cocoa market from call it three thousand to six thousand, you're doubling there. Yep. And those that that uh, are really in depth in the cocoa market know every hundred points what that generally means for your chocolate price. Uh, and then coming into this year, you have uh, twenty five to thirty percent increase in sugar, right. which can be up to half of what that chocolate bar is made out of. For sure, wow. and, and I think you know. In, in, and then if you read through the uh, you know the text further on that Hershey um, kind of announcement, they're saying they're or advising to expect weaker outlooks in the future. Um, and the fourth quarter probably was hurt by the, the rough Halloween patch they had where they had, a, had to increase their cost of candy prices 13% on a year-over-year year year basis. Yeah. And then the last thing that they announced was uh, layoffs of 5% of their workforce in recognition of slower consumer demand in that space in, re- in response to the high prices that confectionery have taken. And it's part of their multi-year productivity and uh, right-sizing exercise to try to generate some some cost savings with with cost reduction. Right. So, I mean, so this is the part that I from my perspective, analysts spend too little time sort of analyzing the uh, you know, the offtake or the demand numbers and too much time focused on what's going on in origin and in the crops, but you know, clearly we're seeing a, a massive deceleration not only here in North America but worldwide in terms of uh, cho- you know, overall chocolate demand that will hopefully keep prices somewhat uh, somewhat in check because they've been running running sort of in a, you know higher in this out of control or you know Mister to his wild ride fashion as you called it. Yes. Well, and 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 uh, my next question has to do with something that does impact uh, certainly the futures. And I guess to your point would be the focus towards what the crop's doing, because if you're a non-commercial, you're going out with the momentum of the market, right? And you're going with high-level news stories, because maybe you're not that in-depth in the cocoa market. What what are you seeing from a non-commercial standpoint and what impact they're having on the, the futures? Uh, clearly, it's been massive inflows of, of money entering that space uh, yeah. you know, to, to record levels. So you've got a lot of hedge fund activity and these speculators that are kind of looking at, at cocoa as a, a very attractive investment 
in the uh, in the current environment and and certainly an underlying kind of a natural hedge against inflation as, as well so you know the i think cocoa is one of those markets it's smaller in nature when you compare it on a commodity future standpoint to you know like nat gas or corn or sugar one of those other markets where it would take a lot more money in those spaces to kind of push it around to the same degree that mm-hmm. the same amount of money coming into a smaller market like cocoa can can uh, can have Okay. So I guess my next thing is, what do you expect moving forward with demand in the industry? And I mean, are we in anticipating tons of volatility? I'm sitting here staring at the ticker for today down 250 points. Uh, it's remarkable, I don't know if it? I've ever seen that. So what do you, what yeah, do you I mean, expect? We got Easter coming up. I'm still going to buy chocolate. I mean, the Easter bunny is, you know, what, what do you expect moving forward for, for this industry? Well, I think prices are probably locked into uh, retail through that holiday. So I think people are were certainly insulated uh, with you know the price increases that were taken in late uh, you know calendar twenty three uh, for uh, both Valentine's as well as the uh, Easter time period. But I think as soon as you get through Easter, I think another round of, of pretty significant price increases is coming, and that's wow. not it's it's probably not going to bode well for offtake or consumer demand uh, for um, Halloween and. You know, in that in that Hershey announcement, they did say that they they did have a little bit of a, a rough patch last Halloween. You know, due to consumer response to the 13% price increases they took last year, I think we're going to be looking at potentially another you know very you know high single digit or potentially double digit price increases coming from a lot of these CPG companies uh, for the Halloween time period this year. So it's it's going to be another very very slow year. And and you know I've, I've characterized this cocoa market all along as a battle between you know poor crop versus poor demand. And, and right yeah. now the poor crops has been winning. And the, the reason why poor crops has been winning is because they've had the assist coming from that managed money category, the, the speculative funds or the, the hedge funds that have been you know playing in the, in the space. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be a tug of war between those uh, those two dynamics. But you know, clearly, people have not stopped buying chocolate altogether. But you yeah. know, are, pe- are people buying a heck of a lot less than they used to? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember in the past also, one of the points is that if uh, you have a lot of these new emerging markets for chocolate demand, and typically when either the economy is not as good or prices are too high, that's those are the areas that tend to suffer. Is that still a true statement, or you know, so like the people in the U.S. and the, the people in uh, uh, Europe still buy it because it's a tradition, uh, or are we so high right now that it doesn't that that's not true anymore? Well, I mean, for that, you've got to look at the grind numbers. And I always yeah. view the grind numbers as being the harbinger or the kind of signal of what to expect in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the retail sales of chocolate and confectionery that's more reported by like Nielsen data, for instance. Um, all the fourth, when we've reported out on this, the fourth quarter data from a, from a grind perspective was all in negative territory across, you know, the three major historical reporting regions. So Asia, North America and Western Europe. The, about the only area that's continuing to grow with, you know, continued fueled sort of greenfield investment and expansion of capacity has been, you know, the, the GPEX numbers are West Africa. Um, they're, they're the only area that's growing. But it's that old 80-20 rule. If you've got, you know, 80% of the uh, of the globe that's contracting and falling, even though you may have that, you know, the small smaller piece that's continuing to grow, it's you're still not going to register positive growth in, in grind this year, especially with the price increases that we've taken. And that's being clearly evidenced in the uh, in the uh, Nielsen data, which has been trending all in negative territory, not not on a dollar perspective. I, I need to you know clarify that. 
But when you look at actual unit sales, actual volume moving, moving through the channel, the trends have been pretty terrible. They've been, they've been woefully bad, down four or 5%. And you're seeing that in the, in the announcements from some of these public companies where they're you know, clearly seeing a deceleration or a slowdown in sales from a, you know, a unit yeah. volume. And maybe that's what's leading to some of these companies to contemplate some of these layoffs. They don't need as many people running the lines yeah. because, because they're not selling as much chocolate. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like a very uh, uh, uncertain future uh, with all the dynamics that are happening. Is there anything else uh, that you want to leave folks with? No, just like I said, you did a nice plug for Sean's upcoming um, kind of webinar to talk about the pace of the economy and our outlook on interest rates. I think that's going to be key with what the uh, the U.S. does the, the rest of this year. But Clearly, these inflationary numbers that came out this week are yeah. indicative that, you know, this is going to be a little bit more, you know, longer lasting than people yeah. thought, because I think people were already starting to price in um, cuts by the Fed coming as early as May. I think that's now off the table. You know, Sean will probably comment uh, more extensively on that. But I think any cuts that are coming are going to, are going to be um, you know, fewer and uh, further out in time frame than I think most people were, were expecting. And I think that was uh, made true by the CPI and PPI numbers this, this, uh, this last week. Excellent. Hey, well, Jeffrey, great recap. And I'll tell you what, listeners, if you're not working with us on uh, Coco uh, from a consulting standpoint and strategy standpoint, guess what? We got Jeffrey right here. Uh, as you can see, he's very uh, uh, in tune with what's happening in Cocoa and Chocolate. So uh, reach out to us if you're interested in, in learning a little bit more about strategies, benchmarking, pricing, etc. cetera. Uh, we can definitely help you. Jeffrey, thank you so much. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. Don't take it for granted. Great being with you, Mike. Yeah, great to be with you, Jeffrey. Until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.